Good morning, I'm Jake Sherman, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It is Friday, March 1st. 2024. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, John Cornyn's already running hard. Number two, pro-Israel House Democrats call for a temporary ceasefire. And number three, centrist GOP group jumps into primaries. Let's get into it. Happy March. Remember, today is March 1st. One week from today is March 8th. Thanks to Mike Johnson, we don't have a funding deadline today. Congress passed yesterday a short-term stopgap that um, extends government funding until March 8th and then March 22nd. We have a month full of shutdown threats. Uh, this is going to be a big week next week. The State of the Union is Thursday. Funding deadline Friday. We have a week off and then another big set of fun, another big funding deadline day, March 22nd. That one's a big day. 75% of government um, uh, spending is up, including the Defense Department, Homeland Security, Labor, HHS, a lot, a lot, a lot of spending. Now, we're going to focus in, we're going to zoom in on John Cornyn this morning. Cornyn is... Uh, the is not in leadership. He is one of the three Johns. He's the only John that is not in leadership. He is a rank and file member. Cornyn served as the chair of the NRSC, um, I believe from 2009 to 2013. And then the uh, he was Senate Majority Whip from 2013 to 2019, term limited out of that um, of that role. And he uh, was the first. Republican senator to jump into the race to succeed Mitch McConnell. It's interesting when when um, we were approached John Cornyn yesterday, he was on the phone with Carrie Lake, the Republican candidate for Senate in Arizona. Where and John Barrasso is actually in Arizona right now with Carrie Lake, or was as of yesterday. I don't know where he is this moment uh, before five a.m. on Friday morning, but he um, is trying to find people to vote for him. Now, the interesting thing is this, McConnell's retirement or resignation, announcement of resignation uh, this week is the, really truly makes this a very long leadership race. It's only March. The leadership, the race for leader won't be until November. I mean, it's going to be a very long leadership race. I guess that makes sense. You don't get races too often for Senate Republican leader, but it's going to be, I mean, listen, it's essentially a, uh, an eight month race for, um, if not a little bit more, an eight month race to be the next Senate Republican leader. Now, Cornyn got out of the gate quickly because he basically thought there was no um, there was no benefit in waiting, as he said, to get into the race. He has the most at stake of any potential McConnell successor that's running for the job. He's up for reelection in 2026, and um, he is not in leadership. He's the only candidate of these big three, as I said, who is not in leadership. Now, he's also the only one right now who's in the race. As I said at the beginning, John Barrasso basically said that he'll make um, that he is talking to people. He's seeing how things are going. Same for um, John Thune. Rick Scott has not addressed whether he'll get in. Steve Dane says he's focused on winning the Senate majority. Now, listen, the case for Cornyn has been the case for Cornyn for a long time. He raises a lot of money. Texas is an ATM, as he put it. Um, and uh, he could raise a lot of money for Senate Republicans. That's a big part of the role and something that a lot of people are looking for. Remember, this is not only a popularity contest. This is a contest about whether your colleagues see you as a viable option 
to um, do things for them. <laughs> uh, the He also understands leadership politics. Now, you might say that doesn't really mean anything, but look at Mike Johnson. The guy has never been in leadership, and he struggled a little bit. He had a good week this week, but he struggled just a little bit um, to make decisions and to get the vibe of leadership. Cornyn has been around that before. He knows how it works. So is John Thune, John Barrasso to an extent too. Now, the fault lines for Cornyn are also very clear. He um, helped pass the CHIPS Act, the gun safety bill, which has gotten him a lot of flack from conservatives. Uh, and he's also criticized Donald Trump pretty sharply. He's not alone. As he points out, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and Lindsey Graham have said plenty of bad things about Donald Trump, and he says Trump doesn't really hold a grudge unless you're in a constant battle with him. I guess we'll have to see whether that's true. Um, interestingly, this is an interesting quote about Trump from Cornyn. One of my best services that you could provide somebody like President Trump is to tell him the truth. He may choose to not to believe it. He may choose to do something different, but it's important to be personally, as a matter of personal integrity, to always tell the truth. So Cor that's Cornyn's case. He has a uh, not just that quote, but everything we've mentioned is Cornyn's case. And... Um, It'll be interesting to see how his campaign unfolds. Number two story of the morning, pro-Israel House Democrats call for a ceasefire and hostage release. Brad Schneider and Jimmy Panetta, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and 27, a total of 27 House Democrats wrote a letter to Joe Biden asking for a temporary pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas for a in exchange for a hostage release. This is notable. Um you know, it's not here's the thing. It's kind of stuck in the middle. Uh, people who are against Israel will say it's not enough. People who are pro-Israel say they're will say they're abandoning Israel. But you're seeing these uh, uh, traditionally pro-Israel Democrats come out and say that this is a um, uh, it's time for a ceasefire to let the hostages get out. Now, um, some very pro-Israel House Democrats are not on this. Josh Gottheimer, Jared Moskowitz are not on this letter. Um, and uh, Schneider, who we talked to yesterday, said the war could end tomorrow if Hamas would, would release the hostages. We need to find a path to get to peace, and that's what this letter talks about. Um, this is something that the Israelis are not going to like to see. They'll see it as naive. Um, it's not, in their view, this is what they say, it's not as if there's a ceasefire and the hostages are released. In their view, a lot of them, some of them, according to media reports and according to some, have died um, and uh, have been killed, and... Um, they see this, they'll see this as just very naive. Remember, uh, Congress has not passed a dime for Israel in the last uh, five months since this campaign has begun. Number three story of the morning, uh, Defend Main Street, the uh, Republican Main Street Partnership Super PAC is pledging to spend $3 million in primaries this year, um, getting in hope open house races, open Senate races. This is kind of a middle of the road, common sense, pro-governance GOP group. Um, they are uh, backing Mike Rooley to succeed former Rep. Bill Johnson in Ohio, Craig Goldman to replace retiring uh, Appropriations Chair Kay Granger, and Riley Moore in Rep. Uh, in Alex Mooney's district. Uh, in the Senate, they're endorsing Larry Hogan. No surprise there. Jim Justice in West Virginia and John Curtis in Utah. That is a uh, $3 million is a decent chunk of money, not a huge chunk of money. A lot of people will spend a lot more, but notable that they're getting involved in primaries. And with that, leave us a rating and review. You could subscribe to Punchable News at punchable.news. Have a great day, an even better weekend.